Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Epic Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Meekham. Joining me today, once again, she's been a familiar voice in the last few podcasts. Laura Holtrip-Cole is here with us from the Epic program at the Utah Department of Health. Thanks for joining us, Laura. Thanks for having me, Dave. We have some exciting guests. We do indeed have some exciting guests. We have the president and CEO of the Utah Food Bank, Jeanette Bott, with us today. And also we have Matt Whitaker, who's the director of the Cash Community Food Pantry in Logan. And we wanted to talk just a little bit today about what's going on with the food bank, the food pantries. Thanks, Matt and Jeanette, for joining us today. Thank you. And Jeanette, let's start with you. You are over a pretty complicated and very important operation throughout the state in overseeing the Utah Food Bank. Can you explain to us a little bit about how the food bank works and what it does? And this is definitely a demanding time of year for the food bank. It always is. But how is that different this year from last year? Well, Utah Food Bank has been around for a long time. As an organization, we started here in Salt Lake in 1904. So we've been around over 100 years, and it's an interesting scenario. You and I talked earlier today, and and I mentioned to you, you can't come to the food bank and get food. Reason for that is we're kind of the wholesaler, if you will. The Utah Food Bank raises money and procures product, and then we distribute to 203 partner agencies throughout the state. The folks then that receive that product from us are the ones doing the really important work because then they're distributing it to the end users. And we're represented in in all 29 counties throughout the state. And, you know, the pantries are all different. They're independent from us. They're independent in their own business plan. They set their own hours, their times, their volunteers. They're, They're independent businesses that we have the privilege of partnering with. The thing that Utah Food Bank works so diligently to do is we always want to be in a position where we're sure that all the product that we receive and distribute through this process goes to the pantries free of charge, and then the product can be distributed to the end user also free of charge. And there aren't many food banks left in the country that do that business model. Most of them are charging the partner pantries for the product they're receiving, and we've decided we never want to do that. What we have seen this year is such an increased need. You know, an average month in 2019, the same time frame, we were distributing about 2 million pounds per month. Right now we're seeing almost 6 million pounds per month. So the need has increased dramatically. We're seeing the need change across the entire state. And one of the things we're seeing that that makes us really sad is so many of the people coming now for help are first-time users of these kinds of services. These are people who have never had to ask for help, who have always been able to provide for their family, but due to the issues of the economic impact of the, of the virus, so many people in the service industry were impacted overnight almost, and with the schools being in situations where some are open and some are closed, many of our children are not seeing free and reduced breakfast and dinner programs like they had last year at school, And then we have seniors who are really in a position where it's difficult for them to want to come out of the house, let alone come out of the house. And how do we get product to them? So in addition to being able to say that our warehouse is stocked and we have product to distribute, we need to look at how do we do that? It's not going to do any good if I have food here in Salt Lake City and I can't get it to San Juan County. So we have a really complex distribution and logistic scenario that we have to pay very close attention to. So the day-to-day dynamics of our business will be different than what Matt will explain to you that a pantry probably does. 
but I think he will attest that we have seen such an increase this year, numbers we've never seen before, and all of us are looking forward to figure out how we become sustainable and make sure we can continue this same level of service for an extended period of time. Wow. And Matt, do you want to remark on that? Because it sounds like you probably are seeing this increased demand as well. Yeah, this year has been one for the books. Not only did we lose our food drives because of COVID, uh, the foods that we rely on to get us through some of our toughest months, we saw an increase in people coming to the door and asking for it. You know, and, and like Jeanette said, well, there's a lot of people that for the first time, they're coming to a food pantry. We, every day we hear a comment of, I never thought that I would have to come to a pantry ever. You know, and we do our best to help that person and family feel comfortable with being here. We, we don't have any clients that want to be clients. And people want to do it on their own. And that's our goal as the Utah Food Bank and as the Cash Community Food Pantry is to help people get back on their feet where they don't have to be a food pantry. And then, you know, they turn around and donate back. So it's, it's, a, it's a big cycle that we go through. And so, th- like I said, this year has been definitely an interesting one. Yeah, we've seen so many people that have been turned out of their work of no fault of their own. And they'd be happy to work to support their family and do those kinds of things. That option is just not there right now. And this is something that we can all help with. This is something we can all join in and help do something about. What is a good way? And I'm going to ask this question of you, Matt, and you, Jeanette, as well. How do people help? What's the best way that we can jump in and do something about this? Well, there's several different ways that people can help. As an individual, uh, there's a food donation or a cash donation that you can do. You can do a a little food drive in your area. I would recommend that uh, wherever you are, you call your local food pantry and find out what they're in need of. And it's gonna vary probably from area to area. Right now, I bet you it's similar around the state, is baking goods. People are in their homes with COVID, so they're baking a lot more. And so we get a lot of requests for flour, sugar, chocolate chips, marshmallows, anything to bake with. A business can get involved. You know, hold a competition with your employees to do a food drive, offer a small incentive. Normally, I would say come down to the pantry and volunteer, but we can't really do that much either. So, Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? There's a lot of limitations this year that you guys just haven't experienced in past years. Jeanette, is there one that's preferred over the other, talking about a cash donation versus a food donation? Are they the same? What would you like to encourage people to do? What's the best way we can help the food bank? You know, we always ask for three things, food, time, and money. And, you know, the time... Still, we need volunteers. We're taking very small groups. We're we're being very careful to do our our social distancing and keep everybody safe and healthy, but we do still need some small groups of volunteers. To Matt's point, the food drive piece is very important because the product that comes from those food drives usually is what you have in your pantry, and that's exactly what another family would love to have in their pantry as well. What we're seeing this year is so many of the businesses are not at work. They're not in their office buildings. They're working from home. So it's difficult to have a physical food drive where there isn't a place really to bring the food like there has been in normal years. So we're encouraging people to do a virtual food drive. You can go online with our webpage and you can set up a virtual food drive. And what that does is present to you a list of the most needed items that we have. We use your money and our buying power, and then we buy exactly what you want us to buy with using your dollars. So the virtual food drive is very helpful. Then we come to the cash donation. It's really important for all of us, regardless of the size of our operations, to be able to have money to keep the lights on, to pay the staff, to keep the car and truck scenarios safe and healthy and and running. You know, so operating expense is a huge factor. And now where we're seeing some overtime and we're seeing a lot more expense with transportation, 
money is great and we have the ability to stretch the dollar. We can buy at a different price because of the volume we purchase at because we're going directly to manufacturers. So for every dollar that comes to us, we turn that into $8 worth of goods and services. But for the pantries and the communities, each of these pantries know their communities well. They know the parts of the communities that might have um, a culturally specific food that they might be in need of. So, you know, that's comment of, of reaching out to the local pantries. So if you want to donate cash and it comes to the Utah Food Bank, know that that money is being used to get product to all of these other counties. But anytime you can have a local pantry connection with your neighborhood, that's where you should go first. You know, keep it in your neighborhood. Keep it close. That's where your family and friends live. Really reach out and I would say have a great relationship with your local pantry because you can help them greatly as well. That's great advice. So look local, but also the Utah Food Bank is happy to accept your support and your help. We're almost out of time, but I want to talk to Laura for just a minute because Laura, there's probably an added aspect we could talk about as far as nutritious food goes. Yes. And before we get into that, I just wanted to mention that if you don't know where your local food pantry is, the food bank's website has a list on their website. And then also 211 has a list as well that you can look up and find one close to you. And we will post a link to the Utah Food Bank in the show notes to this podcast as well. Nutritious food is really important as well. It's, it's easy to forget and let's keep people healthy, right? Yeah. And it's good to hear like Matt that you said, at least that wasn't the first thing you thought of when you were thinking of a shortage of food was it wasn't fresh food like produce or protein. I know is often a, a food that can be in need at a food pantry. So yeah, when you're thinking about donating, like Jeanette said, what you're eating is what other people want to eat, likely. And so if you like whole grain pasta, donate whole grain pasta. Um, It doesn't have to be that less healthy food. I like it. Well, listen, I want to thank everybody for being here today. This is such an important message and encourage everybody to jump in and do something. Even if you don't have the funds or the wherewithal to contribute Call your local food pantry, call the Utah Food Bank, and as Jeanette said, maybe donate some of your time. Everything helps. So thanks, everybody, for being on. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas and that everybody is well-fed. Thank you. (laughs) Thank Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time on the Epic Podcast. 